to the Mystically Curious Podcast, where we talk about the mysterious, the mundane, and the stuff that's just a little bit weird. You can call me Grim. And you can call me Kay. And for posterity's sake, uh, I'm just going to mention one last time that we are still recording from our homes under quarantine due to COVID-19. You can just assume future episodes are all recorded under quarantine, uh, pretty much, just because that's what it's looking like for, for the near future. At which point, hopefully, our audio will sound better when we switch to studio recording, but for now, this is what we're working with. And with that, we just want to actually jump right into the topic of our episode today, which is about using your magic for activism. So this episode is in direct support of the Black Lives Matter movement, which is currently fighting racist police brutality across the country, and both Grim and I definitely stand in solidarity with this movement, and we want to support them in every way that we can. So to that end, we want this episode to mostly offer practical tips, but we really encourage everyone listening to dive into the history of witchy activism for inspiration. So from voodoo practitioners kicking off the Haitian Revolution to modern witches doing mass hexes on the president, there is a really rich history of using witchcraft as direct action. And also, we just want to state that even though we're focusing on magical methods of resistance and activism, we want to clearly state that you should be coupling your magic with other forms of direct action, like signing petitions, donating to bail or mutual aid funds, and protesting if you're able. Um, if you want to protest and you can't for health or other reasons, just remember there are many roles to play. There are um, field medics. There are people to start, um, you know, the bail trains. There are a million different ways to get involved. You just have to find the right one for you. Your magic should supplement and strengthen the other things that you do, not replace them. Yeah, and kind of to that point also, this episode is going to include spells for protection and peace and stability. However, we will also be giving tips for effective binding and cursing. We're not telling anyone that they have to do these things to be a good activist witch and if you don't want to curse anyone don't curse anyone but you shouldn't be telling other people how to practice if this is something that other people feel safe and comfortable doing then we're trying to help you do that as safely and comfortably as you can and just one last disclaimer Kay and I are both white Our intention with this episode is not to speak over or speak for black witches and other people of color. Instead, we aim to share and highlight resources, especially those from black witches, and in later series from other people who don't necessarily get the platform as frequently as they should. Yeah, we have definitely kind of tried to focus a lot of our research on this episode uh, in content from Black Witches and trying to listen to their voices in this conversation. And frankly, they're underrepresented in the overall community, but that's definitely a topic that we will be touching on hopefully sooner rather than later. But with that, let's get started with 
actual like practical spells that you can work with like we said we're going to be covering some protection pieces and right now a lot of protesters are in need of protection maybe you're a protester or you have a friend protesting or you see videos of the crowds online or on tv and feel a call to help keep them safe so here are kind of a few ways that you can start doing that so firstly something that can be incredibly powerful for any sort of protection spell that you do is a tag lock it's got a few different names but the most common one is tag lock which is any item that connects the spell or the working um to a specific person so this usually ideally will include things like hair or fingernail clippings or a photograph if none of that's available um their full name ran on a piece of paper um the name that they identify with to be clear yeah and i think if you're doing this for a group then you can also obviously you're not going to be able probably to get a strand of hair from every protester in philadelphia or something like that's that's probably not quite uh within the realm of your ability but you can use pictures of them all the way that even gets into something we should mention is that like don't take pictures of protesters oh for sure that's just basic protesting please if you take pictures to post online make sure that there's no identifiable thing about anyone that includes faces but also like logos tattoos scars it's just a lot easier for everyone involved to not take photos of people yeah but if you were trying i think to work with like for example the protesters in your city if the newspaper or something has published a photo of a crowd i think you could probably use that as a tag lock um i also think that you could use a tag lock in slightly less traditional ways i would potentially use it for a location um you know maybe go get some dirt Ooh, that's a really good idea or like a native plant and then just you know really focus on including that entire location into my protection or if um it's going to be like a mobile protest as many of them are even just getting a few different tag locks for people and then focusing on like expanding the bubble so that anyone around them is included in that protection as well so you can just really be flexible yeah there's a lot of ways to do it but i actually i when you said focusing on a few people i think that brings up a really good point in that assuming you're not some sort of extremely powerful 33rd degree like hereditary witch kind of whatever you probably this this may just be my opinion but i feel like my best efforts are when i'm focusing on one or two people with a hundred percent of my ability as opposed to trying to work for hundreds in some of these cities thousands tens of thousands of people all at once if you're if you are you know? interested in affecting that many people, I highly, highly encourage reaching out to other people. Um, if you have a coven, yeah. there you go. They're they're for this kind of thing exactly. Um, if you don't have a coven, there are plenty of people online right now who are, who are forming covens or just very non-specific secular groups that are coming together to combine their energy 
and they're they'll like pick one protest a day or whatever to you know really focus their energy on so really now is the time to build your community and to really really just be there for each other and be there with each other so that we can all you know kind of share the burden instead of it being placed on those who can't escape it yeah definitely so We've, we've mentioned a couple of different ways to get tag locks and what a tag lock can look like, ranging from actual biological material to the name of the city written on a piece of paper. But this is um, kind of just the first step of getting something that you can start working with. And then secondly, I like to determine if I'll be working with a spirit or not. So this may be a good time to call on any sort of defender spirit. A lot of comedic pagans will typically call on Bess or Tawaret, while Hellenic pagans may consider Athena, uh, Hermes, and maybe Medusa if that is a energy that you work with. Celtic polytheists may want to look into Brigid or maybe the Morrigan if they want to do some more intense protection, I guess. <laughs> uh, personally, I would probably call on Archangel Mikael for this. You may also want to consider calling on any local land spirits of the place that you're trying to protect if you already have a relationship with them. But then, I mean, I also want to put a disclaimer at the end of that, that like if you don't typically work with spirits, then you don't have to worry about it. But this will just kind of help with determining what other materials you should be using. And I just want to make a note about that with working with spirits. I saw a post on Instagram where it was kind of saying now is the time to call upon your ancestors for their power. And the thing with that is you need to think about your ancestors. I know for for many people, their beliefs, people are still themselves in the afterlife. You know, they still have the same energies, the same hatreds, the same prejudices. Generally, Mm -hmm. you know, So, you really need to focus on the ancestors that you're calling forth um, if you're going to do that. And it doesn't necessarily have to be your blood ancestors. Heathens work very heavily with ancestors. I have so many abusers in my family's history that I can't, in good conscience, work with them. But instead, I can work with cultural ancestors, if that makes any sense. Yeah, yeah. I've seen people, for example, um, on, like, the Trans Day of Remembrance, working with, like, Marsha P. Johnson and other um, kind of early trans activists. She's obviously not, like, their direct blood descendant, but they view her as a, like, holy trans ancestor. Ancestors to the cause that you're fighting for is a great resource. I will say one last thing. If you do work with your personal ancestors, in my experience, they really just tell you to do the fucking work yourself. (laughs) Maybe they'll give you some advice on it. Maybe they'll argue, you know, about it, depending on your ancestors and how they were. But, like, most most of the time they're like, dude, we're dead. (laughs) Make us proud or don't bother coming home. So just just keep that in mind. Like, they're great to go for if you need support or, like, a kick in the ass, but if you're looking for them to, you know, 
actually go out and do things, you need to very carefully consider if that's who your ancestors were in life. Yeah, and honestly, you're the person who would know that better than anyone else, because it's your ancestors. Definitely if your ancestors were racist, as a lot of, you know, ours in America were, please do not fucking invite them to this fight. They're not going to bring the energy that you want. So, enough about spirits. Next step, gather your materials. This can be both the most fun and the most stressful. Um, So, these are all going to vary depending on the type of spirit you're working with or the type of energy you're working with if you're not using spirits. So, going with our production spell, you know, you could really bring in traditional ones like... I'm blinking. You're good. I know, um, I think basil was used very traditionally for protection, I believe. Right. So you can, you can use basil or you can use more creative ones. I would probably throw in some mint because I have it on hand, but also, you know, I think of mint for courage, you know, really just focus on what you have on hand and then what both what the herbs or items commonly mean, but also what you personally associate with them, because that's going to be the most most powerful ingredients to use. Yeah, and I think your intention can also be kind of narrowed down a little bit, even beyond just, oh, I want protection. You can say, like, if you want it to be more martial for example if you want more of like a marzy type protection which i don't know if that makes sense but it's definitely more of a um aggressive yeah yeah like maybe you want the protection to be like the thorns of a cactus instead of the shell of a turtle you know i know that's a very poetic kind of way of putting it but the thorns of a cactus aren't offensive but if you touch them they hurt So that would be like a martial kind of energy that you're bringing into it. And then in contrast, the other one that I mentioned would maybe be Saturnine, like the the turtle shell style thing. So then that helps you decide the ingredients that you're going to use because you're basically going to just be calling down Mars or the equivalent in your pantheon or Saturn or the equivalent in your pantheon into the herbs and stones and whatever other ingredients you're using. So it's like, if I'm, if I'm, maybe I don't necessarily immediately think of poppy seeds, for example, as a protective thing, but I say, okay, poppy seeds are associated with Saturn, and I'm basically asking Saturn to provide protection here, so I'll use poppy seeds. Another alternative that you could do is don't just think about the protection, think about other things, like maybe throw in some elements for truth. So that, you know, if something does happen, it happens in a way that the media has no option but to portray it as the truth. Or maybe throw some things in um, uh, to, like, encourage listening and patience. Um, to really encourage anyone who comes into contact with the protesters to stop and pay attention and, you know, be more receptive to the protesters' message. That would be even Venusian, not like this thing I'm sorry this is just like what I'm talking about where you you kind of are able to d- assign these energies and then figure out what you need to pull in there's a million different ways to get this done 
which can be stressful. But I just, we both just really want to hone in on the fact that it should be whatever you are able to do in conjunction with the direct action. If that means you spent all day protesting and then you come home and all you have time for is a quick tea light meditation prayer, great! You were out all fucking day protesting. If you are low on spoons that day and you can't do anything other than you can't even light the tea light, you all you can do is just sit in bed and do the meditation. Great, you still did what you could that day. Yeah, exactly. It's really important to avoid burnout right now in order to kind of keep the momentum going. But okay. So and then you're so. No, go ahead. (laughs) No, then then your next step is to actually cast it or fire it or charge it or... Do the damn thing. Yeah, do the thing. Because, again, this is my personal opinion. Unless you're doing some sort of energy thing, if you're just putting stuff in a jar and then calling it a day, then you maybe made, like, some weird tea, but you haven't necessarily done the magic part yet so this is the doing the magic part i think it's kind of like let's say you go to a tennis court this is a weird one but say you go to a tennis court okay no we're we're getting into some weird ones today (laughs) (laughs) um and you show up you got your racket you got your tennis ball you got your partner they got their racket everything is set to go nets up all you have to do is serve the ball And that is the one thing you don't do. (laughs) That makes no sense. You drove all the way there. You got in the cute outfit. Or uncute outfit, depending on how you feel about a white. I feel terribly about it. You you, you got your racket. You didn't hit anyone with it, which is a hard temptation to resist. You know, you you got your ball. You found the other person willing to go through this torture with you. So, you know, it makes no sense to do all of the hardest steps. And then stop at the one that is the most natural. Okay? It is so hard to gather all the ingredients, you know, to put all the thought into what you want and carefully craft it. And then to just not put your will or your intent, your your magic, your soul, whatever you, you define it as to yourself. To just not include that in the ingredients as as the most vital part it just makes no sense yeah and i feel like a lot of people don't realize that they do this because it's very easy to not do and it's i feel often not included in most direct spell instructions i don't think it's stated like explicitly enough and now you're invoking or evoking or you're channeling or like doing this like energy work thing it's generally written more like and now say some words but i don't think it's stated explicitly enough that now saying the words or writing the words or whatever is is the moment that you actually begin affecting change or charging the ingredients which are essentially inert before that the way i guess a less weird like way to explain it how i think of it is all of the other things literally everything except for yourself is just a little bit of a boost. If you have your intent and a tea light, that's like 
plus one strength. You have yourself and you have your little jar and you have like three different herbs and five different like different protective items or and then a tag lock and that's like plus 20 strength okay but that means nothing if your base ingredient your base strength level is not there or i think it's like you have the you have the additional quote-unquote strength but now you actually have to do something with it instead of just standing there like super buff like okay now now i'll go rip a phone book in half or something like what are you doing with your strengths now <laughs> what is the point um funnily enough my my i pull, never mind no yeah i'm gonna go for it i pulled a um a tarot card at the very beginning of this year where i was like what is the overall like lesson and it was strength <laughs> there you go and i hate it <laughs> i hate it the worst part is we're only halfway through. You don't even know that that's really what it's about yet. Oh my god. Um, anyway, so so yeah, there there are multiple ways that you can um do the magic part. Generally, I think of it as going into kind of the next the a, a altered state of consciousness or gnosis or. Uh, hypnagogic state or your higher whatever like there are a lot of different words for this next thing but it's usually you're meditating for a little bit or you're dancing or spinning or doing something to kind of get you out of your normal frame of mind smoking weed maybe <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't know if that's in and of itself. I think it can help, but I don't know if that's the... If, if that's your intention. Yeah, you yeah, know. for sure. Okay. So, after you cast or figure out how to cast a spell, figure out all the ingredients, all the steps you want to do, the very last thing is the container. Or actually... This should probably be the first thing, because I know we're kind of a scattered lot <laughs> in general. So, like, maybe just have the container on you when you, like, flutter about to grab your ingredients. Because I know I probably, like, pull everything out, forget stuff, put stuff away on my Like, it would just be a mess. So maybe grab your container first, because that might also dictate the amount. <laughs> now, when we say container, it can be a jar. It can also be a sachet. It can be a poppet. I recommend one that you make yourself, but definitely educate yourself on this first. This one gets kind of complicated. You can make an oil. You can make an incense. Again, a lot of research. You cannot make incense out of everything. Yeah, no, please be careful. <laughs> I've had a few misadventures in uh, making my own incense, actually, lately. Ooh, that's, that sounds interesting. We'll get into that. I just tried to burn some, like, dry jasmine flowers, and it did not smell good. No, it wouldn't. Because <laughs> I know they sell, like, jasmine incense, so I was like, maybe I can just burn the flowers. Well, I could not. Because I think they, like, extract the scent. That makes sense, now that you say it. <laughs> and then apply it to something appropriate. Yeah, I didn't. But also, was it, were they fresh blossoms? 
they were fresh and then I dried them. Because I figured the fresh oh. would have too much moisture. Yeah. Huh. I wonder right, maybe I'll do some research on if this. the moisture would make it smell good, though. No. <laughs> it would just... I'm just going to stick to burning resin until further notice. Sounds smart. Okay. So, right, you got your method of containing your ingredients. Also, it doesn't even have to be an empty container. You can sprinkle some herbs that are safe to burn on top of, like, a candle and then burn the candle with the herbs. And that totally counts. Yeah, for sure. So after you have your container, though, depending on the specific ingredients that you use and the type of container that you use, you should be mindful of how you eventually dispose of this spell because hopefully one day you won't need it anymore. <laughs> so if you have like a, a physical artifact, I guess, that you've created, you need to eventually do something with it. Do not flush random herbs down the toilet. Do not put random food into the forest if you do anything on accident. Not on accident. I'll give you a pass on accident. But if you do your research and then knowingly dispose of your ingredients in a way that will harm our planet, I will haunt you while I am still alive, I promise you. <laughs> yeah, there are some things that are safe to flush. There are some things that are safe to throw away or compost or bury in the dirt. And there are a lot that are not. Yeah, so definitely be aware. Again, it's really hard to do a blanket statement for this since we're not really saying directly like, here are the herbs that you need, go get them. Like, we want you to do your own research and plan for what works for you. But at the same time, we unfortunately can't really say very definitively and here's how to do it safely. But we hope that anyone listening this far has <laughs> kind of learned that it's important to kind of take your magic into your own hands. That said, if you have a specific question, reach out to us 100%. Because, like, if you tell us what you're interested in using, we can be like, all right, we'll do some quick little research for you. Hey, this is not great for the ground. Hey, this is perfect to put in the ground actually it'll make your plants healthy yeah yeah definitely i think we just also didn't want to do like a specific kind of like spell ingredient list but we will also provide that for you if that's something that people want i know there's just a lot out there so we didn't want to reinvent the wheel but hopefully help people learn what they need to research right now take everything that we just talked and said about the protection spell everything we said about you know finding what herbs work for you that you have on hand you know the container all of that and apply it to cursing it's that easy they're pretty much the same it's like really almost well like mechanically the same they're very different yeah but the mechanics are the same um, any <laughs> basic spell and i'm not talking about big elaborate rituals that are specific to your path those are specific and should be treated with respect and any modifications should only be done with the utmost respect and research first but your basic tea light spell your basic jar spell all that super flexible and some of them you can probably even use the exact same ingredients but your intent 
and the cor the other ingredients you use with it could completely change it. You could put a rusty used nail in a curse jar, and it is so powerful. You can take a similar nail, not the same nail, please don't reuse spell ingredients unless it's intended for that and you cleanse it first. But you can take a similar <laughs> rusty nail, clean it, put time and effort into cleaning it in a natural way, and then put it in a jar with other, you know, protective herbs, and it could stand just as easily for, you know, strength and, you know, steel will power. And even this is very that that seems very much like a uh like a curse undoing spell, especially because it's a nail that used to be rusty but now it isn't rusty. So I feel like that would even bring its own unique energy in the way that a nail that's always been clean wouldn't. Ooh. Ooh, I just had another thought for a different type of undoing spell. More like an unraveling spell. You take something that phrase piece of rope some cloth that just kind of naturally frays on its own you put it in a, a jar with some other uh, you know herbs or other items and you make it a spell for unraveling unraveling the racism in our country unraveling the hatred from people's hearts and no that's not going to automatically make everyone wake up fully like realized and you know, self-aware, but anyone who is susceptible to magic, anyone who might be kind of wavering on the fence, that might be the extra push that they need. And that's the part where it's like, instead of just unraveling all of the racism in America, maybe it's just unraveling your racist grandma's racism. Yeah, you could be very specific with that. Unravel your local police department. Hashtag defund the police. I agree. Are we allowed to say that? I don't know. Yeah. I, I it's mean, our I podcast. <laughs> Is the FCC going to come get us? I guess not. <laughs> Fight me. Defund the FCC? Okay, anyway. Yeah, no, I, I feel like I'm making light of it, but yeah, we should defund every uh, police office in the country. But yeah, so a lot of spells are... It's, it's the same structure, more or less, for protecting as it is for cursing. You, you're just gathering your ingredients, calling down whatever spirits you work with, and kind of bringing everything together into a container that contains your energy or your will and that of the spirit or, you know, whatever you're working with, whatever kind of your cosmology is. And just a quick note before we kind of start to wrap up. I know for those of you at home who are maybe just starting out on this practice or who maybe were like me for so long, were like, I had my spiritual practice, but not like my witchcraft practice or vice versa. Um, and you might be listening to us and go, man, I just have no personal associations. I'm so new. I don't know anything what I'm doing. Can't you just tell me these herbs? Like... I could never just throw things together in a jar and, you know, pray that it works. And, like, I just want all of you listeners who maybe initially reacted with, with doubt or with discomfort to realize that Kay and I are rather far along in our journey. I, it's funny that you say that because I feel like I'm still so young in mine because I've been at this for, like, two and a half years. 
which feels like nothing compared to other people. Like, I feel like I'm... Uh, well, I, I, I yeah, like I, we never <laughs> stop. We never stop learning or growing. Um, but the confidence oh, sure. yeah. is, is really what it is. Is like I know that I have a lot to learn, but I'm confident that I will learn it, and I'm confident that I already know a lot of it. I just need to remind myself in this lifetime. Yeah, and in my opinion, you can't get that confidence without figuring out how to learn for yourself to an extent instead of having oh, yeah. someone like tell you well here's exactly all of your new personal you know associations you can't make personal associations if it's just someone else telling you right. all of theirs which i mean you can also use other people's but it's it's just helpful i think to to do the research on your own and get a couple of different sources and figure out what makes the most sense to you right um like online list of meanings and stuff is a great jumping off point, but I, I highly encourage you to like, you know, okay, so you read this list, you find one herb on it, you're like, I have that in my cabinet, it fits this spell, let's see if it'll work. So you pull it out, and you know, just spend some time, this sounds a little hokey at first, I know, but spend some time trying to like, connect with that herb, and just kind of feel out its vibe it's energy it's you know spirit whatever you want to call it they each have something special about them that's why they have different associations and what's very interesting i found is that i've i've done this before and then i go look and i find that a lot of other people have the same association the same or sometimes it's just slightly different you know some herb that might feel like it has a lot of, you know, Aries energy to someone, um, you know, very strong, very aggressive, very masculine energy, that exact same herb might have, you know, mama bear type energy to someone else. They might associate it more with like Freya or someone, you know, who's again, very strong, can be very aggressive, but like can just be very protective, very matronly. So your own personal life experience and your own personal path and your own personal culture, there's just so many things that will influence your personal associations. And there's no way to just automatically know what they are. You have to put in the time and the work. And that just comes with time. Kay's been at this for two years, which, yeah, compared to like a lot of the fancy witches we see online may not seem like a lot of time. But compared to the amount of teenagers who find, you know, their first Wicca book at 12 and then their family kind of scares them off of that path and they never, ever branch out to connect with that part of themselves again, two years is incredible. Yeah, yeah. Like, if you told me two years ago that I would still be going at it or that I would have a podcast about it or whatever, I wouldn't believe you. Right. And like, <laughs> I, I would have believed you. I would have believed you, but I would have been surprised i guess and delighted and scared and honestly i've been on this kind of spiritual and witchcraft like path it started 10 plus years ago but it wasn't until like the past maybe two or three years where i really had the confidence to be like yeah i don't even need to you know check online what these associations are i'm just gonna pull stuff out of my cabinet and put it in if it feels right cool but that's only because i have watched so many videos, read so many books, read so many articles, and spent so much time 
with the things that I have on hand myself that I know. I already know, you know, what each one does. And most of the time, I know how it'll interact with the other ones. There's still times where I'm surprised, though. There's still some times where I'm like, you know, I've never tried this before, but I think this herb will be really strong with this herb. And then they don't like each other at all. <laughs> it's a lot of trial and er error, but um, I do actually want to make a brief recommendation if you do want a table of correspondences or something and also like physical books dr stephen skinner's the complete magician's tables is excellent and extremely comprehensive i don't have a actual physical copy of it i have an ebook copy of it but i definitely refer to it very frequently we should be having a full like book recommendation list coming out soonish we're working on it Yes, yes, I'm excited to put that out. So to kind of wrap up this episode, I wish that we could devote literally hours of time to this topic because there's so much that you can use your magic for in this space. And we would love to continue doing a deeper dive into this topic, as well as topics surrounding racial justice and equality in witchcraft communities and the culture as a whole because we really know the importance of both effort and transparency that we as two white individuals need to put into these episodes. So we're doing very intentional research as well as seeking out individuals to join us for these episodes so that we can really build them in an informed and culturally aware manner. So with that being said, if you are or if you know a witch of color we would be grateful for any feedback on this episode on future episodes and any other content that we're putting out yes <laughs> yes please please talk to us <laughs> just a quick recap um protect your friends there's a million and one ways to do it even if it's just a prayer if that fits into your practice curse cops <laughs> because all the cops are bastards. Um, we need to stand united and we need to stand against racism. And remember, existence is resistance. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Mystically Curious Podcast. We are always excited to hear from listeners, so if you have any comments, questions, or feedback about the episode, please contact us at mysticallycurious at gmail.com. You can also message us or comment on our social media, which is at the MC Pod across all platforms. If you want to help expand our community, please consider reviewing us on iTunes. Once again, thank you for listening, and we look forward to continuing our journey with you.